بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله وكفى وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على عباده الذين اصطفى In the name of Allah most gracious most merciful all praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala creator nourisher cherisher sustainer provider protector and curer of one and all complete blessings and salutations be upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and all his companions those who have followed him and those who shall be following him up to the day of qiyamah may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala include us and our offspring as being from amongst them amen honored ulama and beloved brothers and sisters and dearest listeners we should understand that rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has informed us man sama ramadana imanan wa ihtisaban ghufira lahu ma taqaddama min dhanbihi wa man qama ramadana imanan wa ihtisaban ghufira lahu ma taqaddama min dhanbihi I'm sure we've all heard these ahadith so many times. We are repeating them here to build the consciousness of what Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said. He says, whosoever fasts in the month of Ramadan and whosoever stands up in Salat al-Taraweeh in the month of Ramadan and in Qiyamul Layl, which is the Salat that is read by night, solely for the pleasure of Allah with full conviction in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala expecting a reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then such a person every single sin of theirs will be forgiven they will leave the month of Ramadan spotless and sinless may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to fulfill our fasts in such a way that we are conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala solely for his sake and expecting a reward from him because it is not easy to abstain from food but we are doing it for the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala similarly it is not easy to stand up in salat al-taraweeh but we are doing it for the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we would like to be from amongst those who will be resurrected with those whom Allah has termed Ahlul Qur'an those who love the Qur'an the people of the Qur'an the VIPs on the day of Qiyamah may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala resurrect us from amongst them and may he forgive all our sins may he make us from amongst those who do not feel lazy when it comes to Salatul Taraweeh for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tonight's verses were commenced by a very very important verse if we are to read that verse and we are to understand it it is enough and it will suffice as being the synopsis of the reading of the whole night tonight or the entire recitation that we read tonight Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about what righteousness is some people think that you know I am a musalli I read my salah five times so I am a righteous person someone else might think you know I give out zakah so I am righteous someone might think I don't lie so I am righteous so all of these put together is actually righteousness righteousness is not made up from just one of these various categories but all these categories put together don't think that righteousness is just that we face the east or the west in salah Allah says righteousness is the one who believes completely in these items that he has mentioned he says the one who believes in Allah the one who believes in the last day the one who believes in all the books the one who believes in all the angels the one who believes in all the prophets that were sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and believing in all these categories 
entails being conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the fact that we are answerable to him. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Righteousness also includes the one who can spend his wealth though he loves a lot of his wealth. Who does not love wealth here? If we were to throw away a million rands tonight, I'm sure most of us would be seated here waiting for those rands to come to us. So everyone loves wealth, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, the one who can spend that wealth, even though his heart is connected to it to a certain degree, and who can spend it first and foremost on those who are poor from amongst his own family members. Not only those who are poor, but those who fall under his own guardianship. Sometimes we become stingy when it comes to spending on our wives and our children. We must realize that the greatest act of worship is to spend on those whom we are the guardians of. That is the greatest act of worship. This does not mean we must now spoil them to the degree that they do not realize the value of wealth, but we must strike the balance. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, broaden the circle, look for those who are poor from amongst your own relatives and those who are masakin, those who are poor in general from amongst the Muslimin and on humanitarian grounds, all human beings who might be underprivileged as well as those Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says who are wayfarers, people who are travelers and so on who might need something. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to spend and to spend in his path. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then continues to say, Those who establish their salah. Righteousness includes establishing salah. It is not only establishing salah. And those who can give their zakah. The wealth that was being given slightly earlier here, the wealth that we were speaking about, that is voluntary. But here Allah is speaking of that which is compulsory as well. Some of us feel that we've calculated our zakah and that's enough. But no, there is another duty in our wealth which is more than zakah. Those are, those are the sadaqat and the excess amounts which we give voluntarily from our own hearts. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, those who can fulfill their promises whenever they make a pledge. A lot of us are guilty of not fulfilling the promise. Do you know that when we give someone a time with our tongues to say, you know, I will meet you at nine o'clock. To come at five past nine is not the quality of a true believer. But to arrive five minutes early and wait, that is the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. How many of us are conscious of this? And this is only regarding a time. What about the other promises and pledges we make with our tongues, but we tend to forget. We tend to forget very quickly. Sometimes we sign legal documents, but still we renege on them. That is how weak we've become. So these verses are a reminder for myself and yourselves to say, fulfill your pledges. Whenever you've made a pledge, that is how you will achieve righteousness. And Allah says, those who can bear patience 
at times of war, at times of calamity and hardship, and at times of sickness, those who are patient and do not blame Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but realize that it's a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah says, those are the ones who fulfilled their covenant to us, and those are the ones who will enter Jannah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant that to us. So that is the verse where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explains righteousness. Now let us hear the next verses or the rest of the verses. It's all powerful, all wise. Ta'ala speaks about goodness when it comes to a person writing a will he must also include some other relatives who might not be in his will we all know that there is up to one third that a person can bequeath from his or her own wealth we must include certain people who might be relatives may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the acceptance to do that more than that it is our duty to ensure that we understand the system of inheritance in Islam every single one of us should go into it and inshallah we will get to the details when we come to those verses in Surah An-Nisa. But here it is still Surah Al-Baqarah and Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala speaks about this month of Ramadan. Not a coincidence. Not a coincidence. We are in the second day of the month of Ramadan and Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala is telling us, Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu kutiba alaykum usiyamu kama kutiba ala alladheena min qablikum la'allakum tattaqoon. O oh, you who believe, fasting has been prescribed upon you. Prescription is normally used, the word is normally used when a doctor is giving you something that will help your health. This is going to help our physical health, spiritual health, mental health, emotional and everything. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prescribed fasting. If only it is done in the correct way. A lot of us think fasting just means staying away from food. Not realizing that we need to also stay away from foul language. What goes in the mouth, we must be conscious of it. What comes out of it as well, we must be conscious of it in the month of Ramadan. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, مَن لَمْ يَدَعْ قَوْلَ الزُّورِ وَالْعَمَلَ بِهِ وَالْجَهْلَ فَلَيْسَ لِلَّهِ حَاجَةٌ فِي أَنْ يَضَعَ طَعَامَهُ وَشَرَابَهُ A person who is not going to be conscious of his utterances during the fast of the month of Ramadan, uttering that which is false, false witness, lying, swearing, deceiving, cheating and so on with their tongues, Allah says, Allah is not in need of the fact that they have abstained from food and drink. They wasted their time. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not make us from amongst those. So please let us all become conscious of the words that come out of our mouths. Take time to make words that will please others, especially our own spouses and family members, parents and children and so on. It is a huge act of worship to utter words that will put a smile on those who are closest to us. So many of us are guilty of being so nice to people whom we are not related to. I'm not saying that that's wrong. But at the expense of those who are closest to us, and when we walk into the house like lions roaring in their dens, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us. And we treat our family members like mice. May Allah protect us. That is not how we are supposed to be treating our family members. When Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Khayrukum, khayrukum li ahlihi. You want to know who is the best from amongst you? The best from amongst you is the one who is best to those closest to him or her, the family members. May Allah make us conscious of that. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks of the fast. And he says, I have prescribed this fasting upon you so that you can achieve consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us also about this month of Ramadan. And he says the Quran has been revealed in this month. The Quran has been revealed from the preserved tablet to the first heaven. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
revealed it to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. It was recited during the month of Ramadan when Jibreel alayhi salatu wasallam used to come to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The two of them used to recite to one another, covering the verses of the Holy Quran. And in the final year, they covered it twice. This is why we all are meant to be covering the Quran from cover to cover. Not only the recitation, but each one of us should try our best to understand the message of the Quran. And it is for this reason that we are here trying to explain the words of the Quran in simple English. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept it from us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then makes mention of dua. And he says, Oh Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when my worshippers ask you about me, tell them that I am very, very close. وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِي عَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ أُجِيبُ دَعْوَةَ الدَّاعِ إِذَا دَعَانَ فَلْيَسْتَجِيبُوا لِي وَلْيُؤْمِنُوا بِي لَعَلَّهُمْ يَرْشُدُونَ When my worshippers ask you about me, tell them I am very very close. I answer the call of everyone who calls out to me in a positive way. The answer comes in a positive way. When we say, Ya Allah, forgive me, if we are sincere and we have the right intention, it is impossible for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to say, I don't want to forgive you. Nowhere in the Quran, nowhere in the hadith does that come. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. Wallahi, it is the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nowhere in the Quran will we find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, whoever seeks forgiveness, I won't forgive him. Nowhere does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tell us, even through the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that when my worshippers seek forgiveness, I won't forgive them. For as long as we have the right intention, we must realize that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is very, very close. Now the question, why does Allah speak about dua when he has just spoken about Ramadan and the Quran? Because it is important that during the month of Ramadan, we don't forget to make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is why it is not a coincidence that these verses are right after the verses that speak about the month of Ramadan and the fact that the Quran was revealed in the month of Ramadan. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, tell my worshippers also to call out to me, to believe in me. I will grant them whatever they want. How many of us are in need? Every single one of us need. And the one who will fulfill these needs is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. كُلُّكُمْ عَارٍ إِلَّا مَنْ كَسَوْتُهُ فَاسْتَكْسُنِي أَكْسُكُمْ فَاسْتَكْسُنِي أَكْسِكُمْ Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam tells us that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, all of you are naked besides those whom we have clothed. So seek clothing from me and seek covering from me. I will cover you. All of you are astray besides those whom I have guided, Allah says. So seek guidance from me and I shall guide you. All of you are hungry besides those whom I have granted food. So seek food from me and sustenance from me and I will sustain you. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant that to us. So we need to make dua. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then tells us about the wars. There, there are certain verses that are there regarding the wars. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about them because a lot of the battles took part in the month of Ramadan. He says, Fight them wherever they are. What does that mean? That means that at the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they were not allowed to fight and retaliate. They were beaten and they were slaughtered and they were persecuted to a great degree and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not permit them to retaliate until one day Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed verses to say now you may fight them wherever they are 
because they have fought you. And Allah mentions verses that we read tonight regarding the battle of Badr and the battle of Uhud and various other battles that took place. Remember these verses are not instructions for me and you today. They are records of history that are mentioned in the Quran whereby we can learn examples from. So you find some non-Muslims pick up the Quran and they say this Quran preaches terrorism. No, the Quran is the furthest away from terrorism, but they have not understood the Quran. The Quran has verses of history where history is recorded. They translate it as though those are commands for me and you. Nay, they are not commands. When Allah says, fight those who have fought you, he has addressed it to those people at the time, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and them. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Take them out, drive them out of the same place that they drove you out from. What was that place? That was Makkatul Mukarramah. The, the Mu'mineen were driven out of Makkatul Mukarramah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is instructing them that now you have the permission to drive them back out of there. So none of us should interpret those verses the way the non-Muslims want us to interpret the verses today. And in turn, call us a bunch of terrorists. May Allah protect us. We are not that. Islam is full of peace. It means peace. It stands for peace. And it will only teach and preach peace. And all of us need to understand that. So we must not fall in the trap. We need to know these verses are connected to issues that occurred in history. We need to learn from them. Just like the other books of history where other wars which were fought by the non-Muslims are recorded in those particular books. No one says that the British are barbaric or the Americans are barbaric. When books of history record what they have done in the past, but rather we learn from what they have done. They also learn from what they have done. The same applies. The Quran has three items in it. It has news about those before us. It has items of history in it. And it has news and prophecies of what is going to come in the future. And it has It has laws and regulations governing how we shall lead our own lives and judging between us. Those are the three types of verses in the Quran. So the verses we have read today, they applied at the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and they definitely serve as a lesson for all of us. But let's, let's not misunderstand it when someone comes to the layman as a Muslim, a non-Muslim shows you the Quran and says, you know, look at these verses. They are telling you, go and fight the kuffar. No, those verses are addressing Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and those people at that time, there are reasons of revelation behind these verses. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding and I hope and I pray that everyone here has a clear mind that Islam is definitely only that which promotes peace. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues to mention immediately after that and I told you he spoke about war because some of the wars took place in the month of Ramadan. Then he speaks about Hajj. Complete Hajj and Umrah. Fulfill it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why does he speak about Hajj after Ramadan? Which months start as soon as Ramadan finish, finishes? The months of Hajj. So that is why, not coincidentally, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then makes mention of Hajj. Because after Ramadan there is Hajj. And in Ramadan there is Dua. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks us also to soften our hearts. From the month of Ramadan, we must prepare for Hajj. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of certain du'as that people should be making during Hajj and certain du'as that people should not be making during Hajj and during the month of Ramadan and at all other times. So what are the du'as that we should not be making? Allah says, 
فمن الناس من يقول ربنا آتنا في الدنيا وما له في الآخرة من خلاق. There are certain people. Let's ask ourselves if we are from amongst them. We might be guilty of this. Certain people who make a dua, Ya Allah, give me, give me, give me in this dunya. I want this, I want that, I want this, I want that. I want a good wife, a good husband. I want a good home, a nice car. I want this and I want that. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, they forget to make dua about the akhirah. Allah says, they will have nothing in the akhirah. Nothing in the akhirah. And Allah says, then there are others. وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ يَقُولُ رَبَّنَا آتِنَا فِي الدُّنْيَا حَسَنَةً وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ حَسَنَةً وَقِنَا عَذَابَ النَّارِ There are others and we should be from amongst them who say, Oh Allah, grant us goodness in the dunya, but grant us goodness in the akhirah as well and save us from the punishment of the grave. If you take a look carefully at that dua, there are three duas. One is, Oh Allah, grant us goodness in this world. The other is, O oh Allah, grant us goodness in the hereafter. And the third is, O oh Allah, save us from the punishment of the grave, which is also connected to the hereafter. So from three, two are connected to the hereafter, and one is connected to the dunya. 66% of our duas should be connected to the akhirah, and 33% should be connected to the dunya. Are we guilty of not doing that? If that is the case, it does not cost much to raise our hands and to make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ya Allah, grant me Jannah. Those who have died 200 years ago have died for longer than they were alive already. And when we die, we will be dead for longer than we've ever lived, even if our lives happen to increase and go beyond 100 years. Because we will die for far more than that. So let's understand, don't only make dua for wealth and for the goodness of the dunya. It's not prohibited to make that dua. We should make it, but not at the expense of the dua of the akhirah. May Allah grant us the correct balance between the two. And after that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about the tests that He is going to inflict us with once again. He says, أَمْ حَسِبْتُمْ أَن تَدْخُلُوا الْجَنَّةِ وَلَمَّا يَأْتِكُمْ مَثَلُ الَّذِينَ خَلَوْا مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ Do you think that you are going to enter Jannah easily? Allah says, may Allah grant us Jannah easily. There is one way that is very easy. That is through the intercession of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that is mentioned in various ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He will have the power of intercession on the day of Qiyamah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant that to us. That is a very easy way. But Allah says, do you think it's going to be simple to enter Jannah? The commodity that Allah has, has for sale is expensive. You need to read your salah, your zakah and so on. You need to engage in constant tawbah. But here Allah says, do you think you're going to enter Jannah easily and we have not yet tested you with those things that we have tested those before you? How were those before us tested? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Harm overcame them, war overtook them, difficulty and calamity befell them, and they suffered in so many ways, they were shaken. They were literally shaken until even the believers and the prophets from amongst them raised their hands and they said, Ya Allah, when is your help going to come? And Allah says, don't worry, my help is very near. Don't we feel sometimes that when is the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala going to come? This ummah is suffering. Everywhere we look, the Muslims are being persecuted in one way or another. 
we must understand, be patient. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells Musa alayhi salatu wasalam and his brother Harun after they made a dua, your dua is accepted. But in order to achieve the fruits of that dua, you must be steadfast. Your dua has been answered. But now you need to remain steadfast. A lot of us are guilty of worrying about what's happening to the ummah when it is happening to the ummah because of us. When we ourselves are so far away from the path, we are an insult to our own religion sometimes. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us more conscious of, of Him at all times. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after that speaks about nikah. How nikah and why nikah? A person generally makes dua in the month of Ramadan. If they are married, Ya Allah, give me happiness in my marriage. Ya Allah, grant me children who will be the, the coolness of my eyes. Ya Allah, I've got children already. Make them pious, make them this, make them that. Grant me a long and healthy life and so on and so forth. But a person who's not married, Ya Allah, grant me a spouse who will be the coolness of my eyes. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open the doors for all those who are not married. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant them spouses who will be the coolness of their eyes. But what is more important than nikah is the life after nikah. That is what is more important. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about nikah. And firstly, he says, what type of a person you should marry? Marry those who are God conscious so that they will not oppress you in any way, male or female. And Allah says, those who have no iman, those who are polytheists or polytheists, those who are polytheists, stay far away from them unless they are ready to accept Islam. Then they become equivalent to you and you can marry them thereafter. Don't ever marry a person who associates partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala until they leave that and they accept Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and iman. Don't ever marry those. You know, today, if I were to give you a simple example, and I've given this example in the past. If there is a person who is a vegetarian and another person who only eats seafood, he's on a seafood diet. If the two had to marry, would that marriage work? Well, someone might say, yes, it might work. But your food is absolutely different. This person cannot touch anything to do with vegetables. That person cannot touch anything to do with seafood. So after one year or two years, you'd get sick of each other. Doesn't it make common sense? It does. So, if that is the case with people whose eating habits are different, completely different, what about those whose entire faith is different? Do you think that marriage can work? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to marry the Muslimin or to marry those who are ready to accept Islam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for all of us. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses both the male and the female and tells them, look, when you want to marry, make sure you know who you are marrying and why you are marrying. What is the reason? What are you looking at? What are the qualities you are looking at? May Allah make that easy for us. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after that speaks about talaq. You know, normally we hardly hear about talaq. Because when we have a nikah function, it's wrong for the imam to start talking about talaq. If that particular marriage breaks, they will say, you know, we were cursed from day one when that imam spoke about talaq at our wedding, at our nikah. So for that reason, a lot of us do not know the rules about talaq. We need to learn them. We need to educate ourselves in that regard. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, if you would like, if you would like to divorce a woman, divorce her. If you are going to live with her, live with her correctly. If you are not going to live with her, release her in a good manner, but don't keep her hanging. Don't keep them held, neither married nor unmarried. 
just because you want to punish them, know that must never happen. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also says that whenever husband and wife would like to reconcile, nobody must come in their path. If they are reconciling for the correct reasons, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِذَا طَلَّقْتُمُ النِّسَاءَ فَبَلَغْنَ أَجَلَهُمْ فَلَا تَعْضُلُوهُنَّ أَنْ يَنْكِحْنَ أَزْوَاجَهُمْ إِذَا تَرَاضَوْ بَيْنَهُمْ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ After you have divorced your wives, a revocable divorce, and that divorce which is one talaq has has gone through and you have been separated. If still you want to get back, no one must stop you from getting back to your own spouse. Obviously a new nikah is required if the term of the idda is over. And in these verses, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the terms of the idda of both a woman who has been divorced and a woman who has been widowed. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding. Many people now feel that, you know what? That was an ancient ruling of a long time ago. Nowadays, we don't need to sit in idda. Wallahi, I tell you, that is haram thinking. That type of thinking is haram. Allah who has created us is the one who knows how we operate. It is like a person who says, I have a motor vehicle. I would like to turn right, but I'm going to turn the steering left because I know better what I'm doing. It's barbaric to turn the steering right when you want to turn right. I'd rather turn it left and I know I will turn right. That is exactly the same of the, like the person who thinks they know better when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, listen, this is the prescription, this is the idda. And we think that no, that was a tale of a long time ago. So we will bash into other motor vehicles and it will result in our own death or in the destruction of our own bodies. May Allah not do that to us. You know, when it comes to a motor vehicle, it's very easy for us to understand because we know we'll be hurt. But when it comes to the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it becomes difficult, doesn't it? Why? Because unfortunately we need to build on our iman because it has become weak sometimes. May Allah grant us benefit of the month of Ramadan. This is why he gives us the month of Ramadan. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the rights of husband and wife and the fact that each one has rights similar to those rights that they themselves have to fulfill. So the husband can't come and say, you know my right. And the wife can't come and say, you know my right. Because they both have rights. You know our rights. You have rights, I have rights. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, if we fulfill those rights correctly, then the male is granted one step higher than the female. Obviously because he is the husband, he is supposed to be the breadwinner and he is supposed to be fulfilling so many roles. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to fulfill our roles and not to think that those roles are the roles that we eat from the bakery. Because a lot of the people unfortunately now, they've swapped roles and they don't understand. So when you tell them, have you fulfilled your role? They tell you, you know what, I've even eaten it. May Allah protect us all. May Allah grant us understanding. So each one needs to fulfill his, his or her role. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after that makes mention of Ayatul Kursi. Very briefly, it is a solid verse. A very solid verse. I'm sure we all know it by heart. It has protection in it. One day Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu caught shaitan. And he was about to strangle shaitan. And shaitan tells him, you know what? I can teach you something which will give you protection from me and my progeny. So Abu Huraira said, all right, in that case, I will leave you. And he, shaitan taught Abu Huraira ayatul kursi. Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu left shaitan and went to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and said, you know what? I was taught these verses by shaitan. Because obviously shaitan must have heard the verses when they were being revealed. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, sadaqaka wa huwa kathubun. Watch out, be careful, he's a very big liar. But in this case, he told you the truth. 
He's a very big liar, but in this case, he told you the truth. Amazing. That means Ayatul Kursi will protect us from shaitan. May we be granted the ability to read it every morning and evening for protection. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then speaks about spending wealth in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he says, Spend in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So many verses speak about spending in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But do you know what? These verses are different. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لا تبطلوا صدقاتكم بالمن والأذى Oh you who believe, understand and realize that you can spoil the reward of your charities. By doing what? By bragging about it. The minute you brag about a charity that you have spent, you lose the reward of it. And Allah says, the minute you harm people because you feel that you are the one who is wealthy and you are the one who controls everything because people depend on that wealth of yours, the minute that type of attitude comes in us, Allah says, you've already spoilt the entire charity. So these verses are very important. All of us give out a little bit of charity. Even those who cannot afford, give out one rand, two rand, five rands. Wallahi, it is an act of worship that will cleanse our hearts. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, but once you give, don't think you did anyone a favor. They did you a favor by accepting that wealth. If, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not want it, he would have used someone else in the same cause. And it has happened so many times where people come across and they say, I will not spend in this cause anymore. Not realizing that instead of them fixing those people, Allah is fixing them because Allah does not want them to use their wealth in such a cause. May Allah protect us. It is very, very deep. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then tells us about interest and the fact that we should not be eating interest. I want to mention just one verse. Allah says, if you are not going to leave interest and the eating of interest and the dealing in interest and so on, Allah says, war is being announced against you by Allah and his messenger. Today, if the army of any country had to announce war against me or you or my community, we would be the first to run away because we know what would happen. Not the armies of any countries, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself, the creator of the universe, is telling us, be careful, don't cheat, don't deceive. When it comes to sustenance, earn a halal sustenance, be happy, and Allah will grant you happiness in your progeny as well. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant that to us. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad. Subhanallah, bihamdi, subhanakallahum wa bihamdika, ashadu wa la ilaha illa anta astaghfirullah.